Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the recommendations for the Recently Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Carson Hall, the college and career pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. I'm so thankful you tuned in today for our recommendations to help you grow in your walk with the Lord, and I pray they benefit you greatly. Hey everyone, welcome to the recommendations for the Recently Redeemed podcast. As always, I'm your host, Carson Hall, the college and career pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church. Today, I am joined by a good friend of mine, Nate Trawick, a pastor at Harvest Baptist Church. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, yeah, Nate. Absolutely, looking forward to it, man. It's do you want to give the people a quick, just a little summary of what you do at Harvest? Yeah, sure. So, um, I am the associate pastor one of four elders at the church. Um, together we lead the church, share responsibilities in preaching. Chris Porter primarily preaches. Um, I get to preach about once a month, roughly. Um, but then I handle a lot of the day-to-day business side of the church and mm. um, also sharing the shepherding responsibilities and um, just kind of general pastoral-type jobs that we mm. all get to share together. So Right. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad to have you on today for the podcast. Yeah, man. So, just so everybody will know, if you're a new listener tuning in, how the podcast works is we are going to go over two books of the Bible you would recommend for a new believer, as well as one spiritual book, and close with one piece of advice you would give to a new Christian. So... Do you want to open us up with your first book of the Bible you would want to recommend? Yeah, I had to really think about this. Um, you know, I think kind of the stereotypical answer that a lot of pastors want to throw out is John. Mm. Um, and that was really hard for me not to want to go there because mm. we're preaching through John right now at Harvest. Uh, just preached Sunday on John the Baptist and uh, loving going through the book of John. Um, but when I got to really think about it and think about, you know, what would be a good book? for a new believer to go through. Mm. Um, my mind immediately went to 1 John. 1 John, okay. Um, that was the first place my mind went to. Um, you know, John writes the Gospel of John so that people might believe that Jesus is the Christ. John mm. says that um, in the closing chapters of the book. But then he writes, 1 John, that you might know mm. that you believe. Um, and so i think um or that you have eternal life rather um, right. you know that you have eternal life um and uh i think just in looking back over my own spiritual life and in my own experiences there's been a lot of doubt mm. um especially uh before i was discipled really intentionally and right. so um for me in looking at the truths that first john has um i think that would just be so beneficial for a new believer to be able to read those things and to realize that, okay, there's this salvation that I have, mm. um, but this salvation should be impacting my life. I right. should be loving people differently. I should be seeing my family and friends differently. And this should be relationally changing the way, not just that I, like, not just in how I'm acting. It's not just a moralism, but it's like I want to do these things. Right. Like, it's changing my desires about how I feel about other people. So. Mm. Um, I think that would be a, a super helpful place to start, right. um, just in my opinion. Just beginning with that <clears throat> deep assurance that you can find from First yeah. John, I think that's a great fundamental. And I think that's a great place to start because, mm-hmm. and you can probably speak into this, if you start on a bad foundation, 
and you are questioning things from the beginning, then you may have issues down the road. No, absolutely. So having that concrete assurance that is so applicable from First John mm. to a new believer's life, because that's going to be the person that is going to more than likely deal with those "Am I truly saved?" Mm. thoughts more than somebody that is five, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, having you know lived as a Christian, they're probably going to have those questions more. So I think that's a great first recommendation yeah so I, I love that i love that what would be the second place you would go are you going to go new testament old testament i'm going to go new testament old testament okay um, i love it i love it and, and i'm going to go all the way to the beginning are i you know going, going easy out Genesis? easy out but i will take the easy out and run with it <laughs> um genesis i mean just uh Oh, wow. I mean, I don't even know where to begin of how to say that I would recommend the book of Genesis to a new believer. Um, one, I think it's a it's a book that um, is very controversial today. Right. Um, there's a lot of really foundational, uh, important matters of theology, mm. um, especially in the first three chapters. Um, and, you know, and, and those three chapters are probably the most under attack verses in all of the Bible. Right. Um, but having a solid foundation there. Um, and, and not even just necessarily understanding what scientifically happened in creation. Right. But understanding who God is and what he created. Mm. <laughs> like who God is and who you are. Like yeah. who you are in relation to God. Um, it's a great book for perspective. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it lays, I mean, it it's the first book of the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. God knew what he was doing when he gave it to us. It lays a foundation for, um, like I said, who God is, who we are. Um, but But not only that, but why God is in the business of redeeming people Mm. um, and what exactly is happening in this relationship between uh, a holy and righteous God and a sinful people. Um, And as a recently redeemed person, to use the name of the podcast, you know, I think uh, understanding that and seeing how this isn't just about me. Mm. This isn't just something that this weird floaty presence did for me, and now I've got to go to church. Right. But this is a bigger picture of a holy and righteous God who desires relationship and glory from his creation, Mm. has made a way for that creation to enter back into relationship with him, not based on anything that they've done, but through what he's done. So I think Mm. um, if you could spend anywhere in the first year or two of your walk with Christ, um, 1 John... You know, I think there's a lot of good places to start in New Testament. Romans was also one that I considered. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would say if you're going to pick an Old Testament book, man, just start at the beginning because yeah. it's going to lay such a good foundation for what's what's ahead. Right. And I think that's such a great point. And I think the key thing you have laid out, it, whether or not you expected it, a key theme you have presented is foundation. Hmm. You have, you know... First John laying a foundation for what you believe and that assurance in Christ. And then again in Genesis, that assurance of what you believe, hmm. you know, because that's the thing with schools today going in such an unbiblical hmm. way of teaching the creation of the universe, it's such an important thing for us to go back to, Mm. especially as a new believer. You may be like, hold on, I did not know that this was 
how this started. <laughs> you know, this is awesome. Mm. You know, and thinking, you know, sometimes I think it's just very enjoyable to sit and recollect yep. on the immense power mm. of God. Yeah. Because, sure. I mean, you think about just being able to speak words and whole planets are coming into existence. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. And it's, I think, that's a fantastic two good places mm. to start. And those are two books. I mean, you could legitimately, if you did a deep study on them, you could take the first one to two years of your Christian faith and spend one to two years studying those two books. And two, I think, if I can say one more thing about Genesis, um, as we recently went through Genesis at Harvest, one thing that I, I realized very quickly as I was studying through it is the Bible is just utterly sufficient. Mm. Um, I, th- I think there's a lot of Christians, and especially a lot of new Christians who haven't been in church a lot, they tend to think of the Bible as this almost like ask Jeeves, right? Like I've got a question. I'm going to go looking for it. Um, and, and there's some good there there. You know, the Bible certainly has things. And, and that's what I want to get at is the Bible has things to say on every subject. Um, but you know, there's some bad there too. You know, you can't just flip open your Bible and point and hope that you land in the right answer. Right. Um, but in the book of Genesis, you know, I was just amazed, you know, chapter after chapter, everything from the scientific, you know, uh, issues that we see with evolution and things like that, um, to, uh, what is a man and woman? Mm. Um, is there options for other things there? Right. What is human government? Why is it established the way it is? Mm. Um, what is a family? Yeah. What does it mean that God is making relationships with humans? Like, I mean, there's just so many things in the book, right? Mm. There's, 50 chapters there of all sorts of different crazy messed up stories of messed up families doing messed up things. Um, and along the way, there's just lessons for, it seems like almost every area of life you can think of. Mm. Um, and, and for me, just in, in, in looking through it recently, um, it really made me just come back to the, to a place of going, wow, the Bible, it, it's, it's all we need. It's sufficient. Mm. It has all the answers. Like I don't, I don't need to look anywhere else for anything right. other than right here because it's it's there. I promise. <laughs> what you need is right there. Yeah. So. No, I think that's a phenomenal point. It's, and not to steal a phrase from Pastor Shane, but it's important to keep the main thing a main thing, <laughs> and especially as a new Christian, to keep the Bible at the center mm. of your world. Mm. Honestly. Absolutely. So, book one. First John, hmm. book two, Genesis. Would you recommend an order? Ooh, I mean, I, I, as me just looking at it, I could not help but say start in Genesis. <laughs> you know, it's right the there. Answer. You just yeah. go ahead and go with Genesis. But. Yeah, I think I think I'd probably start in First John. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other, the other option that I seriously considered saying, and I know I've thrown out several options here, but. Seriously, I think that it's worth saying, and this might be my piece of advice. I might be getting to this early. <laughs> um, study whatever book your pastor's preaching. Yes. Um, because you will learn so much about how to study your Bible by doing that. Mm. Um, and so I say, you know, First John, Genesis, like, and, and, and what I was going to say about First John and why I say maybe start there. Um, I think it's a little easier to study. 
um, it takes a little less um, hermeneutical, to use the big word, mm. uh, Bible study effort um, to really, really get into some of the deeper things of First John. Right. Whereas with Genesis, you've got to do a lot of digging, mm. cultural information. Yeah. You know, all, there, there's a lot more to the to the study of Genesis than there is to First John. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think First John gives you a solid foundation for just understanding how to study your Bible. Mm. Um, kind of an easy place to start there. Yeah. And what better place to start than somewhere that's going to give you tools mm-hmm. as you study through other books. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I love it. I love it. So now the spiritual book. So this is, for everybody listening, this is something that is going to supplement in your growth through the Word. And I want to make the preface before we go into this spiritual book the main thing we encourage is you study your Bible. If you want to go above and beyond, <laughs> grab one of these books. And, Nate, I, I can't think of a personal better one than the one you have chose. So uh, let's tell the people, what book did you bring in today? So I've got The Pursuit of God by mm. A.W. Tozer. A um, little backstory for this book for me personally. Um, when I was at Liberty University, um, one of the guys who discipled me told me I should just read this book, just in passing. I don't think he even really thought anything of it. He might have. Mm. Um, but it was one of those comments which was just like, hey, dude, you need to read this book. And I was like, okay, sure. So I, I went to the library so. and got it and read it. Um, and holy cow. Like, mm. it, it, First of all, it was my first Tozer book, which yeah. if you've never read a Tozer book, just go – to Amazon, search A.W. Tozer, and pick one. Yeah, you can't... It's not going to be a bad one, honestly. <laughs> um, now, for everybody listening, you may have to read the chapter you're in four to five times, yeah. and you might get four or five different things those four or five times, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, really, just the book, in my mind, has... Every time I pick it up, it just completely helps me refocus on exactly what the Bible says, or what the Bible, <laughs> on the title. That's mm. the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, on what the title says, and that is, you know, what what does your relationship with the Lord look like? Mm. Um, and, you know, it, it just, I mean, there was a quote. I wish I had put my finger on it. Um, So this is in um, the chapter entitled Removing the Veil. Mm. Um, It says, uh, That type of Christianity which happens now to be vogue knows this presence only in theory. Talking about the presence of God. Mm. It fails to stress the Christian's privilege of present realization. According to its teachings, we are in the presence of God positionally, and nothing is said about the need to experience that presence actually. The very urge that drove men like McCheyenne is wholly missing, and the present generation of Christians measures itself by this imperfect rule. Ignoble contentment takes the place of burning zeal. We are satisfied to rest in our judicial possessions. Um, and for the most part, we bother ourselves very little about the absence of personal experience. Mm. And um, I-, I feel like every time I read the book, that paragraph there it's just like wow like yeah man like this book was written like a long time ago it was written in uh this particular edition was 1982 
Um, but the book itself was written before yeah, that. That's just when that one was published. <laughs> and um, is that a revised rendition? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that that paragraph could not be any more true. I think of the church today, mm. um, and I think so many young Christians come into faith. Um, you know, obviously, when we get saved, we're thinking about, man, I just got saved from the penalty of my sin. Praise the Lord! Like this, this is awesome. Like, yeah. you know, I just. Um, you know, have been forgiven for all the bad things that I have done, will do, could have done, whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times young Christians miss the fact that they're not just saved so that they can not go to hell one day. Mm. They're saved so that they can enjoy God and glorify Him. Mm. Um, and it's more than just fire insurance, if you will. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and and the book just, I mean, it's just, it's full of full of heavy hitters. I was talking yeah. with Lee before I came in here and uh he had Knowledge of the Holy, which is another yeah. um Tozer book we've been reading through. Yeah, um sitting on his desk and I said, "Ah, Tozer." He said, "Yeah. Uh not exactly a light-hearted book." And I said, "No, I don't think anything Tozer writes no. is light-hearted." No. That's um, not a bad thing though. No. Books that make you think are important. No, yeah, absolutely. And uh but I mean just his his comments on Abraham on, in the chapter blessedness of nothing it's just like wow like yeah. it's just so good um, so I would really recommend that um, and, and honestly the the chapter there on Abraham I was thinking about you know what would I pair with the books of the Bible that I've mentioned and mm. um, that understanding of Abraham alongside reading the book of Genesis I think just yeah. can't go wrong so <laughs> good combo good combo yeah it's like a steak and a baked potato, yeah. you know, you know. Can I throw out a a tailor-made recommendation? Okay. okay. Um so um there there's one more book um and, and I was I I couldn't in good conscience recommend this book only because it is for young men. Mm. Um and not a very broad I'm assuming that a a large number of young men listen to the podcast. Um, but I'm assuming that there's also people who are not young men who listen. Right. Um, but there's a book, um, that I read a while back. Um, just personally, um, I, I honestly don't know that I understood the gospel before I read the book. Like Mm. it's that kind of book. Yeah. Um, and it's thoughts for young men by JC Ryle. Okay. Um, so man, it's so good. It, it's, it's 40 pages or 50 pages. It's super short. Yeah. But it kicks you in the pants every page. And you're just like, man, like this is just so good. Yeah. And um, just really deeply challenging. Um, one of the, the quotes from that book that I, that I remember um, is, uh, late repentance is seldom true. Um, and just talking about the importance of understanding your walk with God when mm. you're young and, and valuing it. Yeah. Um, because, and the point he's making is when you get to the end of your life, it's very seldom that you get to the end of your life. And like you're saying, it's not just fire insurance. You get to the end of your life and you go, man, I've done a lot wrong. But when you're young and you're willing to give up the world for your for your walk with Christ. Right. Um, that, that thought, um, when I first read it, uh, back when I was like 18 or 19, it just really, really changed the way I saw mm. um, the gospel and, and my own walk with the, with the Lord. So yeah. if you're a young man, um, read The Pursuit of God, but... Uh, as soon as you're done with that, go get <laughs> Thoughts for Young Men by J.C. Ryle. J.C. Ryle's old and dead, um, but it's great. So Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that's a funny comment you made, old and dead. Uh, <laughs> some of the best books to read 
and obviously everybody from the Bible, besides Jesus, is dead. <laughs> but outside of that, other spiritual books, you know, you just, especially Tozer, you know, it's something that was written a long time ago, mm. but is still even more relevant today. Mm. And some of the things you're like, you read through and you're like, okay, he's like calling out the church in this period of time. Um, like, what would he think today? Or <laughs> like, what was going on? Was like, yeah. did they just bring a piano into the church and that's what's the fuss? And now mm. we have like full blown productions going on in churches where it's about the pretty lights mm. instead of the beauty of the gospel. Yeah. So that's I think cool. that's very true. So I know you kind of already hinted at your piece of advice and you've given multiple pieces of, <laughs> of advice and I love it. I love it. So what is one piece of advice you would give to a new Christian that you wish someone would have told you? Find a like-minded local church that you can grow in mm. and just get bought in. Um, Christianity is not intended for you to do alone. Mm. Um there's a, a, a sweeping idea out there that um, like and worship God anywhere. Well, that's certainly true. Yeah. Um, but I would also say that that statement is as true as I can have sex with anyone. You, you certainly can. It's not the way Should God. De- you? It's not the way God designed it. Yeah. Um, and and I think there's so many people in our world today who walk around with the mindset of. I don't need church. Mm. Um, and just the the importance of church and having a pastor and having a church family um, and being a part of a community of like-minded believers that love the Lord and love you. Mm. Um, it, it's just completely invaluable. Um, and if, if you miss that, that there, um, I really would worry long-term for your spiritual health mm. um, because it's just so easy to make a emotional profession and then to never get plugged into church, never be discipled, never be a part of anything like that, and then to fall away. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the last thing that I would want to see happen to somebody. Mm. Um, I know it's the last thing you would want to see happen to somebody. Uh, yes. Um, and a local church is designed um, to help prevent that. Um, and to help you grow. Um, and, and listen, I get it. There, there's a lot of people out there in the world who've had really bad church experiences. Um, but you, you got to remember, there's no such thing as a perfect church, and there's no such thing as a perfect church, especially if you show up. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect church, especially if I show up. Right. Um, and, and so we, we've got to quit looking for a perfect church and realize that church is God's perfect plan. Mm. And the only way that we can truly be faithful to be New Testament Christians in a lost and dying world isn't to disconnect from church because we've been hurt. Mm. It's to realize, hey, we're humans still. I'm probably going to get hurt. Right. That's called having relationships. Yeah. Um, but realize that church is God's ordained way for people to grow together and to glorify him in this world. So mm. um, that would be my my big pitch there big mm. piece of advice no so. I, I can't I cannot agree with that enough and you know 
there's two analogies that I could not help of that just instantly came to my mind. I'm sure you've heard of the ant analogy as far as uh, Christianity and churches go. Uh, it's not a it's about the theory of ants and I'm sure all of us, especially if you're listening and you live in the South, uh, have had a phenomenal experience with fire ants. Uh, and Nate, you can probably testify. One fire ant, yeah, it might sting a little bit. Not that big of a deal. You find yourself in a mound of them. It's a bad day. Bad day. And the same thing, I, you know, I think it's very true for Christians as well in church. It was not meant for people to do it alone. Hmm. And just like ants are stronger in a group. Hmm. Christians are stronger in a group. So if you're trying to do it alone, I can't highly recommend, and Nate, I know you can't highly recommend enough getting plugged in Hmm. for the support, for the teaching, for the community, and even the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Accountability. The accountability aspect overall getting plugged in and bought in at a church is going to immensely Mm. help you grow spiritually. Well, so many people today, they have the mindset of, well, I don't want somebody else telling me what to do. Mm. Uh, Dear friend, if that's you, you need somebody telling you what, I need somebody telling me what to do. Right. Um, I, I need friends like Carson, who, by the way, I met at church, um, to pick up the phone and when we're talking on the phone, go, hey, what are you reading your Bible this week? And me have to go, oh, wow, I haven't read my Bible today. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, need, I need people like that because we're human and we mess up. And, and if, you, if you have the mindset of, man, I just don't want someone telling me what to do, you need someone telling you what to do. Right. And, and if you're saying that, it's probably all the more reason that you need somebody telling you what to and do. And telling you what to do does not, is not telling you what to do in a sense of love and care for you and your spiritual growth, not a... Have you read your Bible this week? Sure. Trying to make somebody feel bad. And I think that's yeah. fundamentally important yeah. as I, well. I'll give you a perfect example. We were um, at a event recently um, in the community, and one of our pastors had a conversation with a, a lady. And she, she was asked, you know, do you go to church? And she said, no, I don't go to church. Uh, I don't need a pastor to tell me what the Bible says. Um. To which our our pastor, uh, or one of the pastors uh, from Harvest, said to her, um, the fact that you said that is evidence that you do. Because the Bible says you do. And the fact that you don't realize that is proof that you don't know your Bible very well. Which is proof that you need somebody to help you know your Bible well. (laughs) So uh, just I think having the humility to go, you know what? Maybe I don't know everything. Mm. And maybe it would be good for me to hear from somebody, not because they're anything special, but because hopefully they care about the Word of God and letting it speak and getting out of the way. Yeah. Um, they care about so. the Word of God and care about you. Yeah. So I can't I can't think of a better note to end on than that. Thank you again, Nate, for coming on. And hopefully all of these recommendations will be received and greatly used. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... And just to recap, First John, 
Genesis and your spiritual book, A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God. These are all solid, phenomenal resources that we both would recommend you to read in the first one to two years of your Christian faith. And these books are phenomenal resources to help you grow, grow closer to God in those first one to two years. We thank you for tuning in this week for this episode of the recommendations for the recently redeemed podcast and we will see you next time thank you thank you all again for tuning in this week we hope and pray that these recommendations help you grow in your walk with the lord for any more information please visit our website maysvillebaptist.net or reach out to me personally at carsonhall.mbc at gmail.com. Thank you, and I hope you have a blessed day.